This is Live from the Convent and today I'll be chatting to psychotherapist and psychiatrist Beatrice Glaubschnitzleuter and I hope I have pronounced that name correctly and you were just telling me before we started recording that there's been a change in some of the reports from your patients about being stuck inside the house during lockdown. Do you care to elaborate on that? During the lockdown, I had many patients have dreams of themselves shepherding their childhood selves. I myself had a dream like this. I thought initially it was my daughter, Martha, but I realized it was me. And what an alarming telling scenario. Is it that you must protect this child? And you understand as you are standing side by side that you are very different people and that even if you have done nothing in your life, that change has come to you as well as your neighbor who has done everything. But in this dream, you get nervous because you need it to end quickly. You cannot let any harm come to them. Or it may have very serious consequences on your current self. When we are stuck inside, we are still and just like pond life in a stifling drought in the summer, all must come to the surface. And are you ready for this? Well, it doesn't matter if you are or you are not. It's coming. And are you brave enough to have a look? You can have a bar of chocolate and a bag of popcorn to make it seem more like a movie. Something that is not part of you. And that you can be objective about it. But unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, it is as close to you and in you as much as a kidney or liver. The world is popping its own pimple. And in every house on the planet, there is an oozing an emotionally exhausting, stagnant pond of undealt with half-truths. And you have only ever been looking at yourself admiringly in the surface sheen. Within the walls of where you live, you are kept. And you must deal, or you will shrink and you will re-emerge onto the outside smaller than you were before. 
the virus. Visit. And don't be under any illusions that the virus was planted or planned. The virus needed to happen like the way our bodies need to catch a cold sometimes to spank us into re-realizing we are not quite the indestructible machines we think we are that can go on and on and on. We are as delicate as the little green hairs on a stamen. You must tread thoughtfully or you will go bounding into the wall like a great buffoon. What do you do when the picture is vague? Do you stop and try to see more clearly? A dream does not allow you this luxury. Ambiguity like opaque stockings over the longest dancer's legs of marble beguiles you and freezes you. What do you do when the child is there and not even looking up at you? But that it is more like she could go off anywhere, at any second, with any stranger, and that she doesn't even know you. She's still living on in a different stratum of the present, and you're held on the footpath with your two feet planted, tempted just to let her off. Because what a responsibility, what a burden. I know of a man who shall remain nameless and he pushed his younger self off a cliff into the blue. But that is not to say that he did the wrong thing. He didn't look down afterwards. He went away and had ice cream with his friends. But when he woke up from the dream, he had not visited the city of Ljubljana, Slovenia, in 1998. And he hadn't learned that very important lesson on the Saturday morning of July 18th, the lesson that would take an effect ten years later when he would set up his own business. It's not that his life had changed when he woke up, but something hadn't been looked after well enough and there was a feeling of having left a passport in a hotel bedside drawer for the rest of his life. Who knows what 
any of this means, does it even matter? Surely if you eat well and exercise enough during lockdown, you will keep the time off, keep the re-evaluation of oneself at bay. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a soul do a push-up or suck hummus off the end of a celery stick? A real soul, I mean. It's quite a light thing by actual weight in a science lab, but a heavy thing where the heart and feelings are concerned. If you don't take it for a few laps around the running track, what happens? How does one give their soul a workout? If you can for a second, imagine a tea towel hanging off an oven door. It's been two weeks since its last spin in the washing machine. It is laden with water and kitchen business. This is like the soul, but decades long in need of a rinse and cleanse. But how can you cleanse a soul, Dr. Glaubschnitzleuter? By pulling it out. Yeah, that's all well and good, but how do you pull your soul out? Like you would an old dusty suitcase filled with text documents and music festival ticket stops, reluctantly, but sometimes, like in circumstances right now, the suitcase is blown open like there's a hurricane inside it. We all must come face to face with what's in the box eventually. And this is what I say to my patients in the very first session. I ask them to pick out a trinket box in the room and we look at it closed together. And we both understand that when they are ready, they will tell me what is in the box. When it comes to that moment, are there lots of tears involved? It can be laughter, tears, confessions, longings, whatever the thing is that's been chained up in the back. Wow, that sounds intense. Only 1% of my patients make it to that point. 
every session I remind them of the box, of course. This reminding of the box often makes them angry. Some stop coming to me. You must remember that what is in the box in the suitcase at the back of a very large wardrobe is usually deafened out with music or guzzled down with alcohol or feasted on with pastries and takeaways. It is the last thing anyone wants to get around to. So many people leave before getting to this point. Oh, yes. They will take you on a tour of the perimeter of their life all the session long, but not a thing in the box. This 1% that get there, do they improve immensely? It's amazing the paltry difference between those that leave and those that get to the box. One session, usually. That fever pitch point when they are arguing with me in their last session. They are so close and do not know it. And the ones that stay reach this fever pitch point too. But they come back the following week. That is the only difference. One session. And the ones who open the box are on the right track. But it can feel a little bit like getting a football boot into the face. And are they healed then when they get past the box? It's the end of the old and beginning of the new at that point. There is a lot of work to be done. Have you had your box moment, doctor? I had my first box moment a long time ago. I have a collection of boxes in my back room at my house. You don't just have one box moment, you know. Are box moments heated? I say are many things. Quiet, loud, Messy, dangerous, a relief, the end, the beginning, revealing. What is done with the box or, or trinket once the patient has revealed what's inside? Well, I give them to a charity shop, but not before spraying them with antibacterial and rubbing frankincense on the inside. I wouldn't like to be the one buying it. 
a new ornament for a mantelpiece with the added surprise introduction of someone else's long-suppressed secret taking up residency. Long-suppressed secrets make tumultuous households. You sound like you're speaking from experience. <sighs> All I can say is my poor ex-husband. Care to expand on that? Nein, das ist richtig genug. Can you give us an example of one of your cases making a box breakthrough? There was a sad man. Let's call him Champy for the sake of anonymity. He came to me in early November. It was a very windy day. You could say he was a blowing from the southeast. Chumpy had the biggest box I've ever seen. Yeah, it was very full, brimming over with hardships. Yeah, this case was indeed a handful. How so? Also, he is the type to not choose to come voluntarily to me, like a female relative had pushed him to go. But details of this I will never know. I believe he is where the phrase trying to get blood from a stone comes from. He was as closed as a front door at 4 a.m. on a school night. I had to reconsult my university textbooks after our first session because I really didn't feel like we were getting anywhere. I mean, he sat down and said nothing. But despite this demonstration of a wall of a person, I thought he wanted to open up but didn't know how. He had heard about my trinkets and boxes that I give to patients, but he had brought in his own. And there was a tiny part of me that feared he was concealing a weapon in there. You can never be 100% certain of these things. So I would always push my seat a little backwards. And so with me pushing back, he was even more reluctant to divulge. Eventually he started talking 
when I allowed him to take out his pocket flask of whiskey and a cigarette, he regarded me as an imposter sitting there in his superior way. The whiskey seemed to be the key to his personality. Before the point of whiskey and cigarettes, I had never come across a man so comfortable with silence. Maybe this means I'm the uncomfortable one with issues, but I doubt it. Are you allowed to elaborate about what was in his box? All I can tell you is that I don't know how Chumpy crammed into his box what he did. Despite his unprogressive start, and actually, perhaps it was progressive, but in a way I am not trained in, he did make great progress. And we both put his box up for auction at Sotheby's, and it fetched a fantastic price. I used extra, extra disinfectant for his box and more frankincense than usual. I tell you if any atom of his secret remained, even an atom-sized portion of that secret could creep up behind a woman or man of the house and burden them for days, weeks, years. Had he committed a crime? Yeah. But wouldn't you have to report such a thing? It was a crime in my eyes, but not going against the law. Okay, so yeah, it was a crime. But maybe I did report it to the authorities. I'm sure you did, because that is your responsibility. Yeah, okay. We've covered this ground now. I wonder what is in your box. I wonder. We'll never know. You know, you remind me of Chumpy a little. If we ever speak again... Perhaps I will bring in one of my trinket boxes. Or what about this pencil case you have here? If I were to empty everything out and close it up and say to you that someday we will get to what is exactly in your box. Would you think you could envision this box as holding some of what you store in your mind back room? Hmm? Yeah, that's all that we have time for today.
And thank you, Dr. Glaub Schnitzleuter. Indeed, that is a mouthful for you.